Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and nuance behind the headlines. I'm Natasha Mascarenas and it is Monday, January 9th, 2023. I hope you all had an amazing weekend and are ready for the week ahead. My goal for this week is probably to collaborate more because last week was always that weird back to school, back to work week where we all are kind of remembering how to talk out loud. So that's my energy. I'm going to ask for help, raise my hand, do all the things. But until then, let's jump into what happened since we last chatted. Let's start off with the big tech section, which is a little small this week. We're hearing that private equity giant Vista Equity Partners has acquired Duck Creek Technologies, a SaaS-based software provider, in a $2.6 billion deal. It's a big deal because Duck Creek's fortunes have somewhat fallen recently. Its valuation was around $2 billion over that past year after it peaked at $7 billion in early 2021. So we're seeing it kind of have this big billion-dollar landing, and it's kind of nice energy to start the year off with. Vista Equity Partners has been on my radar, even as someone who's not a daily reporter, to say the least, in the private equity space. And it's because Vista's been on its own acquisition spree over the past year. It acquired Citrix for $16.5 billion. It also acquired an automated tax compliance company, Avalar, for $8.4 billion and sold a separate company for $6.2 billion. So lots of billions. And I think something for startups to look at just to get some ideas of what big enterprise deals are valued at these days. Moving on from big tech to big idea, what I'm thinking about this morning is a recent piece from Becca Skutak, a co-host on Equity and Found. She wrote, quote, whoops, is generative AI already becoming a bubble? Before you freak out that we're being cynical or questioning the power of chat GBT, stay with me. It's an interesting survey because she talked to 35 investors across different geography stages and sectors, and almost half of those surveys mentioned generative AI when they were asked to predict where the next bubble would be. To me, it's not surprising entirely because we've seen these consumer tools hit virality. ChatGPT, like I mentioned, but also Dolly and Lensa AI, they've become super popular and captured the hearts of the tech community and I think consumers at large as well. And by consumers at large, I just really mean not just the nerds are interested in generative AI. So for the fact that investors are willing to say that it is going to become a bubble and that's just part of the cycle, maybe predictable, but also interesting given just how big those tools are today. Turning inward a bit, I always wonder why tech needs a hype sector or buzzword to latch onto because we kind of know what happens when that happens. Whether it's Web3 or EdTech or generative AI, I think when a bunch of people start to shift their focus, there ends up being these tourists that come, there ends up being lack of due diligence, big swings, and a lot of losses that we've learned through the years. And I'm not going to say FTX, except I just did. So I think you know what I mean, where we know that hype is not necessarily a good thing and a bubble is not necessarily a good thing. At the same time, I've kind of come to the conclusion that explicitness and that energy of being excited around one idea at a time helps bring awareness to tech at large. So I feel like investors and founders have a lot of incentive to talk about something so exciting because one, in some ways, it doesn't hurt for an investor to say that generative AI is the future because if it is, and if some founder that's building the future hears them and pitches them as a result, the investor takes no losses. I know I'm simplifying a little bit, but I just do think there's this pressure a little bit to manifest and pitch exciting tech as the future. And I love that about tech because it's a lot of optimists and a lot of people who are building despite the one million reasons they shouldn't. I don't know. It's just something to think about as we go through the next few months, weeks. I don't know how long this bubble will last. And if we see the new startups that jump out there. I'm excited by them, but I also think they have a lot to prove during a downturn. So it's going to be a kind of cool time to see how a bubble and a downturn intersect. 
There was one quote from Becca's piece that I want to share, which is from Ben Miller, the CEO of Fundrise. Generative AI, quote, has passed the inflection point of hype and will see more funding and growth than any sector this decade. Although the hype will be stratospheric, it will birth the greatest productivity boom in American history since the invention of electricity. Whether that's smart marketing or deserved bullishness, up to you. We are actually writing a story as I speak about how investors are using ChatGPT because it's not just something they want to invest in. They also want to use it to invest. So stay tuned for that. But let's jump to our next section. Let's talk about startups. So Magic Leap is on the docket this week because they announced at CES that they were going to be focusing more on the enterprise and better yet, they earned a certification that allow their technology to be used in doctors' operating rooms. If you're confused, let me catch you up. Magic Leap was this massive, well-documented unicorn that raised $3.5 billion to bring AR VR goggles to the mainstream consumer. Around 2020, they kind of admitted that that wasn't working. And despite raising so much money, they would have to find a way to build a second act. They had kind of been quiet to me until our own Brian Heater covered them at CES last week. And we'll get more into it later this week. But what you do need to know is that they are starting to kind of swing in a more serious way. Whether it's using a 3D scan of a brain or working on wildfire prevention, the goggles are more targeted towards use cases with businesses and enterprises versus pastimes. And the reason it stands out to me is that while, yes, we've seen VR be targeted towards education and upskilling of cover startups that do that, it's still a massively funded company that's doing something different than Meta is, which is focusing on businesses, not just people. Let's end the show with some data I know, I know, surprising. There's a piece that came out from Dominic Midori Davis on our team that is just too important to miss. She reports that Black founders still just raised 1% of all venture funds in 2022. Diversity data is hard because there's a part of me that's like, we can keep writing these stories and will there be a difference? Does it really do anything to keep saying this out loud or does it just make people from underrepresented backgrounds feel even less like they should even start a company? That's probably a separate conversation. But the reason that this piece felt so important is I do think it confirmed a lot of our worries and guesses on how the downturn would impact the way investors invest, which the prediction was investors would return back to their own networks that largely look homogenous because investors today are still largely homogenous. So having the data, which I'm really thankful for Dom to cover and bring out, is helpful just to know and track over time. It's frustrating work, but it's important work. But let's jump right into the numbers. Using crunch-based data, Dom reports that U.S. Black founders raised an estimated $2.254 billion out of $215.9 billion in U.S. venture capital allocated last year. That's about 1%, which is a slight drop from the 1.3% that same cohort raised in 2021. Big boo energy there. But I will share some good news as well, which is what happened in Q4 of 2022. Latest crunch-based data showed that Black founders in the U.S. raised around $264 million in Q4 of 2022. That's an uptick from $178 million that the group raised in Q3. To close deals during the end of the year is insane at large. I mean, if you look at all the layoff news, all the different shifting that has happened in how investors and how active they are today, I was impressed to see that good news and I'll, I'll take it. We also have more in the piece that I recommend you read, but one other stat is that Black founders do appear to be raising more money within each individual round as time goes on. Like I said, we're going to keep reporting on this, but I think the best way to end this conversation is actually the way that Dom ended it in her piece. She writes, The ball is in the investor's court. There has been continuous coverage of what needs to occur. All that's left is for it to happen. And that's a wrap. 
Thank you for starting your week with me. I'm Natasha Mascarenas. I did record this episode without coffee, so I have to give an extra shout out to Teresa, our wonderful producer, for hanging with me through all the retakes. You can follow me on Twitter at nmask underscore or on Instagram at Natasha the Reporter. And as always, you can follow Equity at EquityPod on Twitter, where we tweet fun things all the time. Other than that, we will chat with you very, very soon. Bye. Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Senior Tech Crunch reporter Natasha Mascarenas. We're produced by Teresa Loconsola with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development and Henry Picovet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back next week.